0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 18 of the Unified Rules of Podcast. I'm Eric Hamidi. And I'm Edmund Kwan. So this week is fight week. We got a big card on Saturday, UFC 263. And we're here to give predictions for that. It's headlined by middleweight title fight, but there are also a bunch of other big fights on the card. So we're going to give you guys our predictions for all of those. So Edmund, what do you think about this card? Are you kind of in the same boat as far as this is a big card?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, all these fights are pretty good. I mean, you got two rematches, but there's either going to be, like, big upsets or, like, really good fights, be it, like, one-sided victories or, like, really close, awesome, technical fights happening.
0: I'm curious to see how the fights play out. And, I mean... It's kind of interesting that you're talking about upsets and all that stuff because there are a few in here where it's kind of along the lines of if the underdog wins, it wouldn't entirely
1: surprise me. Right, Yeah. right. It's a good card, and mm-hmm. it's, like you said, I mean, even if the underdog wins, yeah, it'd be a little surprising, but really it's like, I don't think it would be on, on a card like this. Yeah. So but, I it's mean, uh, I, very interesting to see how it all plays out.
0: Yeah. When it comes to the whole underdog and whether or not an upset could happen, I'll mention those as we go along in the predictions. All right. So the first fight on here, we got Paul Craig. Although some individuals say that his name is pronounced
1: Cray. So if really? one of those...
0: Pre- <laughs> Yeah, because it's not an American name.
1: How different would the pronunciation
0: be? I mean, I was listening to the Anik and Florian podcast, and they were talking about this. John Anik was saying that the pronunciation is Cray. Is it's something along those lines. It's not Craig. In any event, with that fight, my prediction for that is, oh, I almost forgot. He's fighting Jamal Hill. And mm-hmm. for that one, I'm gonna go with Jamal Hill.
1: Really? And
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So
1: From from a jiu-jitsu practitioner like you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's my reason for going with Jamal Hill. And uh-huh. I will admit this may be a pick'em fight, but the reason why I'm going with Jamal Hill is for these reasons. He's younger than Paul. He's undefeated at 8 and 0. He has a 53% striking accuracy, according to the UFC website. Paul Cray has 49%. And then also Jamal has a three inch reach advantage. And okay. with Paul, the thing is, is that some of the people that he fought, like Anti Gulov, he was coming off a two fight losing streak. And then when he beat Shogun, which was his win in his last fight, it was sort of a war torn Shogun. So. I don't really know where that puts him or how elite his skills are, or just how much does that say if you beat a Shogun at 39, almost 40 years old. And so, so I don't know exactly if he's going to do well. And I mean, but I don't know, maybe Paul ends up winning.
1: Who are you going with or who are you leaning towards? I'm kind of leaning towards Paul. Oh, first of all, this is kind of, it's almost like a striker versus grappler matchup. Yeah just because Paul Cray has his whole jujitsu and grappling background. And he is more experienced. I I don't know. I just feel like. See,
0: see, that's the thing. That's why I was kind of leaning towards Paul was because he had more fights than Paul. And I'm usually not one to go with, oh, the prospect, and he's going to, you know, he's the popular guy, so he's definitely going to win. But I don't know. When I was looking at it, those were the reasons that I went with Jamal. I guess, I don't know, maybe in my predictions, I like to think that I know when to pick the young prospect and when not to pick the young prospect. <laughs> well, let me
1: see. I mean, I think it's only, uh oh, it's hard. It's like, you know, if it does go to the ground, is, is Paul Craig going to be finished by Jamal? And I don't think that's going to happen.
0: I mean, I just say because Jamal's on a little bit of a, hot streak. He's got a lot of good momentum and I've already kind of mentioned it but also when Paul was fighting some of the people that he was, they were not exactly in their best form. So I don't know how the fight with Jamal is going to unfold but Saturday
1: is just around the corner so we're going to find out pretty soon. Yeah. I'm going with Paul just because he's got the experience. He has a really good submission record in MMA. Okay and I think that's going to play a factor just because I don't know I, I think it will go to the ground and mm. I, I just I, I see it going to the ground and then I see a submission victory I don't, mm. okay. Maybe, okay maybe I, I don't know
0: <sighs> I guess I kind of went with Jamal Hill because I envision him being able to implement his game and then eventually overwhelming Paul yeah I mean this
1: is a very interesting fight and this is a pick fight like we said before it's like if if Jamal Hill does get submitted it wouldn't be surprising yeah I mean uh, I will say if Paul wins I won't be surprised by that yeah I mean two really good fighters almost a classic you know grappler versus striker matchup just based on their backgrounds and pedigree and yeah
0: (laughs) yep Yep, so it should be interesting. And then the next fight that we have is Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad. And this one is a tough one for me to pick because I keep going back and forth with it. It kind of reminds me of the Israel Adesanya Jan Blahovic prediction that Mm. I made in that it's hard for me to pick one or the other. Even Mm -hmm. doing this right now, I don't know exactly who I want to pick. There's different reasons that I want to go with each guy. So I guess I'll let you lead on this one. Who are you leaning towards? I'm leaning towards Bilal
1: Muhammad. I had a feeling you would. I had a feeling you would. My main thing is Damian Maya, great grappler, great fighter, great. His name's been around the sport forever, but that's the thing. His name's been around the sport forever.
0: Well, (laughs) I'm, I'm guessing the one thing you think is working against Damien is the fact that he's 43 versus It's Bilal's definitely 32. the
1: age, you know, it's like 43 in a sport like MMA. You're, you're, you're an old man. Yeah.
0: yeah. There aren't, there aren't many 40 plus year olds who are going to do well in MMA. Yeah. And yeah. you know, Bilal Muhammad, he has the power. Not only does he have age and he has power, but he's also on a good streak lately.
1: Yeah. He's on a good streak. And I just want to say like, I just see this being like almost a one-sided beatdown. I, I I think it's going to go to the ground. And then Bilal Muhammad's going to lay down the pain and eke his way into a very one-sided decision.
0: Mm. Okay. I so, just
1: don't think, you know, with Damian Maya's age, he could deal with that amount of pressure.
0: Interesting. I do get what you're saying with that. Yeah. And that's kind of the logic that I'm operating on too with Damian Maya. Uh-huh. But here's the thing here's the direction or the motivation I can go with my picks. If I go with the analytical, being knowledgeable about the game, yeah, Bilal Muhammad will most likely win. But Damian Maya, he's he he's, he's stopped hot streaks before he's, he's done. He's had fights where he was up against somebody who was on a good streak and he put a stop to that. And Damien is totally capable of winning this fight. And I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Damien actually wins. And the reason why I'm saying I could go in either direction is because with Damien, if I pick him, it could be one of those things where it makes this episode a little interesting It's for the sake of being different. It makes our picks a little different. And I figured this would help differentiate it from other shows because everybody is picking Bilal Muhammad or practically everybody. So even as of
1: this recording right now, I don't know who I want to go with. Oh man. I'm just, here's the thing. Like if Damian Maya does win, Again, I wouldn't be surprised, but then literally, I like in my head, I'd be like, he literally won because he had this, this weird superpower of just only winning when someone's on a hot streak. Some young prospect is on a hot streak, fights him. It, it, <laughs> yeah, and
0: and what's kind of interesting is that there is this correlation with Damian Maya fighting these up-and-coming fighters on a good streak when they're on a four-fight win streak or uh-huh. something like that and i believe bilal muhammad is in that category
1: as well oh my god yes oh he is
0: god why are you saying oh god because are it's you, just are... so
1: funny because it's almost like that's his superpower now now that <laughs>
0: <laughs> man i i don't know i don't know exactly what to go with because i'm just i keep going back and forth with this stuff because even though I'm saying that I could be different and that would make our show different, do I really
1: want to do that? Do I really want to be different just for the sake of being different? No, you should, you should base your picks off of who you think is going to win. Now, I mean, I generally go with like safer picks, I guess, just mm-hmm. because, unless I really have a good gut feeling about a particular fighter. But yeah, I mean, the safe pick would be Bilal Muhammad. He has age. The power and the pressure on his side. And Damian Maya is. Well, because I have a knack for picking the underdog at the That right is true. Time you do when they pick win some crazy underdog, and then. I mean, barring that, right.
0: barring the Aljamain Sterling Piotr Jan fight, you're when technically I pick the right. Underdog, yeah, I you're know. I was technically right. I know, I know. I was technically right for that, but it's not under the circumstances I would have liked. So what I'm saying is that. Aside from that fight where it was through odd circumstances, I know when to pick the underdog, but you know what? We're recording and I got to make a decision. I'm going to go with Bilal. I I guess, I guess I'm just going to go with Bilal Muhammad just statistically, but I know that if Damien wins, I'm
1: just going to think to myself, God damn it. Or I kind of want to. Well, you do... could have made a lot of money if Damien wins. I think. This, well, but I'm not betting. I'm not check betting the on odd. it. I know, but I need to double check the odds. I think the odds are so one-sided. I really? I Dam- thought. I actually, think I so. think
0: it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty close. Damien's not as much of an underdog Let's as see. see. Right after I say Bilal, I sort of think to myself, maybe I should go with Damien just to make oh, it it's fun. Not
1: that, oh, I thought it was a little more one-sided. I maybe guess I it sh- depends who you're betting with.
0: Maybe I should go with Damien just to make things fun.
1: <laughs> no, you don't you know have the knack of picking someone who's. You know kinda... what? You know what? Let's make things interesting. Okay. I'm willing to
0: take the L on this one. I'll pick Damien Maya just to sort of see which one of us is en- going to end up being right. And I'm willing to sort of take that risk. But it's sort of one of those things where logically speaking, I'm gonna go with Bilal Muhammad, but for this show and to kind of make things a little interesting and make it kind of fun, come fight time, I'll pick Damian Maya. So switching my official pick, final the Damian, Damian Maya. All right, yeah. all right. I'm I'm willing to take an L on that one because, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm. Uh, let's just see what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean either way, it'll be a good fight. It's kind of weird because.
0: There are some fights on here where I'm not picking the underdog or I don't think the underdog is going to win their bouts. But these two (laughs) fights, these first two fights on the main card, these are fights that I'm saying the underdog underdog could win. Yeah, yeah. All right, so speaking of which. I
1: I suppose for you, this all changes on the next fight.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, next fight is Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz coming back after a year and a half and do you want to go first on this prediction or do you want me to go first
1: first of all the ridiculousness of nate diaz i don't even like really watch like the pre-fight hypes hype stuff but even then it's like even i heard it's like oh i deserve a title shot even if i lose this i'm like oh my god Yeah, control, but anyways, that's just Nate Diaz. The Nate yeah, Diaz I mean, it's I mean,
0: I it's it's Nate Diaz being Nate Diaz, and yeah, it's kind of funny that we're talking about these factors because we don't have time to go into it right now, right? But that whole topic of okay, fighting frequently and making your name for yourself, or the idea that if you're the best fighter, then you need to compete and prove it that's a little bit of a debate as far as is there some type of smart business move by not fighting often or not just taking any fight that the UFC offers you, but at the same time, you need to fight often because people are going to forget about you.
1: Well, if you're Nate Diaz, he just eats punches left and right. So I don't think it's in his best interest to fight often, often, Mm -hmm. which is not at this,
0: not at, not at this phase, but yeah, for instance, I'm talking about when he, beat Connor oh. back in 2016 and all that stuff. It's kind of like, dude, ride that momentum. <laughs> you know, you need to capitalize on it, but I'm, I'm sorry. am
1: Dana White also hates him with a passion. So he's got that working against him.
0: Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> but but what, uh, what were you going to
1: say for your prediction? I am going with Leon Edwards here. Okay. Just because inactivity, even though if you're Nate Diaz, is not a good thing. And just stylistically, he eats a lot more punches than he should be taking, you know, Nate Diaz.
0: Yeah. You know, that's Uh, it's it's interesting that you're saying that because I was watching Dan Hardy's breakdown of the fight, and he was saying the same things that you are as far as Nate will take a shot and he'll take a lot of punches to give it back or kind of weather the storm.
1: But it's good if it's against someone who's around your same... I guess age and athletic ability, but Mm -hmm. he he has, you're getting older, man. Yeah. I don't think he can hang with, you know, Leon Edwards. I don't think he can take that one punch to give back two or three because I don't think he's fast enough to give back two or three by the time Leon Edwards is done doing what he's doing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, this is the first fight on our predictions that we're in agreement, because I'm gonna go with Leon Edwards too, which to backtrack to what you were saying at the beginning, were you thinking that I was gonna go differently on this? Cause you're saying, no, Oh, this is gonna I don't change. Think and, so.
1: I, I just think it's gonna ch- I, I think by change I meant you're gonna go with the not underdog, which oh the is favorite. Yeah. yeah, the favorite. Well, my my logic
0: behind going with Leon Edwards is that he's younger, he has a five inch leg reach advantage, he's fought more often. He's on an eight-fight win streak. So all those factors kind of make me think that as far as an official pick, I'm going to go with Leon Edwards. However, I'm going to throw one caveat in here. Oh, boy. It would not entirely surprise me if Nate
1: Diaz wins. I would be surprised, but also not. (sighs) What is his famous catchphrase? i'm not surprised i know that's the thing with nate diaz it's like he's so scrappy he could just i don't even know it's like when edwards strikes even like hurt you know it it just depends i don't even know if edwards can like hurt him hurt him you know like yeah he can cut him he can like make his eyes swollen but like nate diaz just doesn't stop it's almost like he likes getting hit you know
0: yeah but i mean against a solid puncher like leon who has the size advantage i mean that may that may yeah, work I mean, against
1: him no that's that's exactly why i think Nate diaz will lose it's like mm. dude, you can't just eat punches every day you know like you gotta you gotta like not get hit in the face
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you can't block punches you, with you your need you need to have
1: defense basically yeah
0: yeah and and that's a sort <laughs> of the same thing that Dan Hardy has talked about was that Nate Diaz has taken all this damage so it's created the scar tissue.
1: Well that's how he lost against Masvidal.
0: Yeah, right? through a cut, yeah. Which talk talk about the irony of that fight is the fact that you have a fight for the BMF title but it ends due to a doctor stoppage. <laughs> it's kind of ironic. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All right. So co-main event and the first title fight on the card davison figueredo versus brandon moreno for the flyweight title they're rematching from their fight in december which i acknowledge could have been fight of the year in our best of 2020 episode and yeah. for this one i'm gonna pick davison Figueiredo. and i guess before i go into my reasons did you want to give your pick right now
1: i it's this one was really hard to choose just Oh, Based really? the last fight
0: okay okay it all right like,
1: if it wasn't for that accidental groin strike figueredo would have won oh and, yeah and even then like dude that was such a close fight oh yeah it was very competitive and very close and the question is obviously uh, i don't know man but i i will have to pick figueredo just okay. because even though he does get tired towards the end of the fight, it's like he still has, like, the power factor.
0: Yeah, that that's something I've heard is about his his punching power and all that stuff. I mean... His
1: striking power. I, I think, like, if you look at their first fight, the announcers were saying, like, he almost kicked, like, Brandon Moreno's arm out of place or something. And you could see, like, these large welts on, like, Brandon Moreno's arms from blocking these kicks towards the end of the fight. But... There is that fourth round where Brandon Moreno almost finished him almost Mm -hmm. so close, so close. So uh, I just don't think he can pull that off again.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that kind of, that kind of plays into one of the reasons why I think Figueredo will win is because this time he'll be more prepared because their first fight was on short notice and he'll be a lot healthier this time. So having right. that preparation, knowing what he's getting himself into, and assumingly being in being in a healthy state, he'll get the win. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I kind of cut you off. Was there something else that you wanted to say about No, Figueredo? I totally
1: agree. I totally yeah. agree. And Figueredo is going to win this. I mean, even if Brandon Moreno does an upset and wins, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised just because. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Moreno,
0: he does have a chance at winning it wouldn't entirely surprise me if moreno won and i don't know maybe for me in researching this episode i realized that i can't underestimate him and no. i think and i think maybe the reason why i was underestimating him was because he kind of has a little bit of that brawler vibe to him and not being uber technical i mean i don't know if that's entirely accurate to say about him anymore i feel like he's really i think sharpened i mean up based skills. on their
1: last fight That was very technical. He wasn't Mm -hmm. just brawling. I mean, if he was just brawling against Figueredo, I think he would have gotten, like, knocked out.
0: Maybe maybe it's just my misperception of Brandon Moreno or an old perception that I have about Brandon Moreno. I mean,
1: I'll be honest. I haven't really watched too much of him, but he was very technical in that last fight. And that fourth round was almost his... I mean, it was his, but he almost ended it there. Now, it's like, was that because Figueiredo was starting to lose steam and he capitalized on that? Or did he finally figure out Figueiredo before he kicked him in the arms and really messed up his arms and he couldn't do too much in the fifth round afterwards? Plus, that whole groin strike thing does have an effect. Did that make him lose even more steam coming into those last two rounds? Mm -hmm. it's a lot of time. I mean, it's, it's, we're going to figure all these out in this rematch, but
0: yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess like initially I was sort of thinking that I, I was kind of underestimating Brandon's chances, but after listening to all these different MMA experts, give their prediction who some of them are actually going with Brandon Moreno. He has a chance in this fight. It's just, for me, I'm going with Davison because he has a record of 21-1 one and one, as opposed to Brandon's 18-5-2. He's mm-hmm. the flyweight champion. He had impressive performances in 2020. And hell, maybe Davidson will even be an all-time great one day when his career is done because I feel I feel as though he has the potential, but I'm not putting him in that category yet because I feel like it's too soon and we need to see how yeah. his career plays out. But Figueredo is the smart choice and he's very talented but Brandon definitely has a chance in this.
1: Yeah. Either way, this one definitely it's going to be a great technical striking fight. I mean, yeah, so don't miss work, this one. Yeah. Oh man. Don't, I'm going to I'm going to like this just cuz I like the striking aspect of MMA. It's And I really background. like Davison. I love it.
0: And I love Davison's skills and his grappling ability, so I want to see what happens in that bout.
1: <laughs> Our okay. last one. Yeah. The main Adesanya event
0: versus Marvin Vittori for the middleweight title. They're rematching from their first fight three years ago. And I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of mystery as far as what our picks for this one are going to be. I mean, I know I picked against Adesanya last time, but not this
1: time. Well, it's different because this yeah. time he's fighting back in middleweight. You know?
0: Yeah. I just thought that I would throw that in there because the last time we did a prediction episode was 259. Right. And I know I bet against Izzy, but not...
1: Entirely different circumstances.
0: Yeah, so so that's the thing. The reason why I'm not picking Vittori or why I'm not betting against Adesanya is because of the circumstances of this fight. Right. Yeah. Do we really need to say why we're going with Adesanya? I mean, for the
1: uninitiated, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Now, Adesanya is, like, basically the god of the middleweight division right now. Yeah, Undefeated as a middleweight. Really flashy, striking style. He's got long limbs that are perfect for that. Very elusive. And, yeah, I mean, that's... I don't think anyone in the middleweight division has come close to beating him so far.
0: It's sort of along the same lines, or maybe you kind of have the same opinion as far as at middleweight, he's very adept. And mm-hmm. yeah, I feel as though at middleweight, nobody can touch him. Yeah. And now that he's fighting somebody who's a similar size to him, he's going to do really well. And this also plays into our reaction episode from 259, where I was saying that I feel as though adesanya has learned his lesson as far as his deficiencies on the ground or the work that he needs to do with his grappling he learned that from his fight with jan and he'll come out this time even better than before
1: yeah but i I still think it is a weakness though if vitory can somehow exploit that he could win but again I think the reason that Adesanya lost against Jan Blokovic wasn't just because he had bad ground game. It was because Blokovic had great ground game and tremendous amount of power. That power definitely played a huge, huge factor. So if Vittori can somehow get as strong as one of the strongest light heavyweights walking around currently... Which again is like impossible unless he's juicing up on something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I he mean, could win, but if he does win, there's if he wins like that. Oh man, I don't know. I, I feel like a drug test is going to come. And
0: I, I mean, they, I think it's the fact that they're going to be in the same weight class. And for middleweight, Adesanya is kind of big. So there isn't going to be that size disadvantage that he's going to be dealing with. And I just, I don't know. I just genuinely think that Adesanya is going to come in motivated from his loss. And he's going to want to come out and prove a point because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are thinking, okay, I can just take Israel down and that's it. And I got him, but he's going to, he's, he's going to, I mean, he knows that's a thing that people are going for his groundwork. He knows that's something that needs work. So, of course, he's going to prepare for it. He's not going to... Right. He's got a very good team behind him, and he's a very smart fighter. So, he's going to make the necessary adjustments. And, I mean, if Marvin did win, I'd be very surprised about that.
1: Yeah, I think this is the only one where if the underdog did win, I'd be like, what? The one downside about this fight, though, is that this time
0: we're not going to see Adesanya come to the weigh-ins with a pizza box this time. Oh, no. (laughs)
1: I mean, that was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that takes care of our predictions for UFC 263. And we'll see how the fights play out when the event comes. But just wanted to thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Unified Rules of Podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at Unified Rules Podcast. We're on Twitter at Unified Rules PO1. There's a capital U at the beginning of that. Leave us a like or a comment letting us know who you think are going to win these fights. And you can also send us an email to unified rules, at gmail.com. Enjoy the fights, everybody. See you next time.